Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We had had a little hiatus. I had both a little touch of a sore throat combined with my being on the road for 11 days, speaking at three different association conferences. I just didn't pull it all together, and I apologize for that, and it makes me smile when I get emails that say, you haven't posted a show in two episodes. How come? And so I know that there are people out there listening And that just makes me smile to know you're listening. If you are a regular listener to the show, please jump over to iTunes and leave a review for the show. That's really helpful. And that makes me smile as much as getting an email from you. You can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, We have a Facebook page for cool things entrepreneurs do. And of course, on Twitter, at Cool Podcast, because we are the cool podcast. And then finally, if you're interested in the Cool Things Project, which is my group coaching program, you can find out about that on my website, which is TomSinger.com. So today we have an interview with another Texan, but this is somebody I've never met before. I actually, his uh, PR person reached out and I said, I have a slot right now. And I'll tell you, I get a lot of people who reach out and say, hey, I want my person to be on your show. And I say, great, can you do it today or tomorrow? And they say, no, how about four weeks from Wednesday? And I don't work that way. I'm all about serendipity. And so he, I said, how about in the next two hours? And she said, yes. And I said to Matt, I said, I really like people who their answer is yes. Let's find a way to make that happen. So welcome Matt Miller to the show. Matt is a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy, and he was a pilot for nine years. But his long-term desire was to start a business and to build a lifestyle that would give him freedom and choice. So Matt told me when we were talking before we got started that he grew up in Chicago, but he lives in somewhere in between Waco and Abilene, Texas. And I affectionately called that the middle of nowhere. I didn't mean that in a bad way. And he said that they chose to be out in the country and also to be near his wife's family. And so starting his own business has allowed him to have the lifestyle that he wants. So he started with an investment of only $100 and has built School Spirit Vending into a multi-million dollar vendor vending business. So I don't really know a lot about what his company does, though. So I thought we would let Matt tell you all about School Spirit Vending. Hey, Matt Miller, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, hey, Tom. Thanks for having me on. No, I appreciate you just having that that say yes attitude where you would jump on a podcast with some strange guy in Austin. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm actually in Lynchburg, Virginia right now on a little bit of a break because my daughter is a freshman here at Liberty University. And it just so happened that we had a down afternoon and you know, the ladies were taking a break and, and I was just trying to get some business stuff done. So it worked out perfectly. If I was back in the office, I probably would have been the, one of those four-week guys because of how busy my calendar normally is during the week. <laughs> well, and I know how cool it is to get to go visit your kid. I have a sophomore in college out in Pittsburgh, and I am actually, I've been hired to go speak at an event in Pittsburgh next week, and I get the opportunity to go out and spend two nights. I get to give a great speech to a great audience, and I get to spend two nights in Pittsburgh, which means one night at dinner, and then a second night I'm going to take her to a Penguins game along with her boyfriend, and so that's, uh, I know how good it is when the kid is moved that far away that you get to go see him. Yeah, very cool. That's awesome. So tell us about your business. 
Wow. Uh, well, like you said, it's School Spirit Vending. We specialize in hassle-free year-round fundraising for schools and in helping professionals develop secondary income streams using our model. Uh, we're a franchise. We've been in business actually this week is the nine-year anniversary of me getting started with my first test school back in October of 2007. I had been in traditional vending before, candy and gumballs and toys and that type of thing while I was uh, building an advertising career full-time. And uh, 07 and 08 hit, and I was a little frustrated with the results that I was getting as fewer and fewer people were frequent in the locations where I had equipment. And so I was looking for a way to make more money and provide more for my family and I had four young kids come knocking on my door in the span of several days selling me stuff for the local schools fundraising. And I thought that was odd because I didn't know the kids. So they were knocking on strangers' doors in the city of Houston doing that. And I was like, you know, maybe this is a way for me to start a business. I could get some kids off the street. And, oh, by the way, all the kids are in school five days a week, nine months out of the year. So I might be able to alleviate this issue of mom and dad not taking their kids as frequently to the locations where I had equipment. So I had had this idea of developing custom spirit stickers for the schools with their mascot and their colors and all that, and then placing a machine to sell them in the schools. And it just so happened a good buddy of mine came by for dinner a couple weeks later. He and his wife, he was an elementary PE teacher, and I kind of shared with him what he was, what I was thinking about. He's he said, Matt, let me check with uh, the principal at my school and see what she says, and maybe you can give this thing a try. And a couple of weeks later, he called me back and said, hey, I got permission for you to bring a machine. Let's set it up. So we set this thing up in uh, West Columbia Elementary, about an hour and a half southwest of Houston, and gave this thing a try. And in the first three months of testing, the machine and its uh, – results just was off the charts that's awesome So then we went about trying to figure out how to duplicate you know in other places and it took us a while to kind of figure out how to do so how to reach out to the you know the volunteer parents and the principals and all that but eventually we figured that out and um, started sharing this anywhere we could you know, what's great about that is it, it not only does it show just, you know, the ingenuity of having an idea, but it also shows the fact of a little bit of serendipity. You have a friend over for dinner who goes, oh, I can make that happen for you. Yeah, I didn't do any, you know, we homeschool, so I didn't spend a lot of time in public schools at the time. So not that I couldn't have worked it out and figured it out, but the reality was I actually went out and did a bunch of door knocking afterwards to see if we could drum up some other schools. And it took us a while to kind of figure out that secret sauce. So, you know, that fact was a huge serendipity, like you said, because it, it might've never come about if it took me too long, you know, to find that first school to actually give it a try. So tell us a little more. So the company is now a franchise model. So tell us about that. So from the very beginning, I realized I didn't want to own it all. I didn't want to have a bunch of employees and run a national company. So I thought that it would you know, be great to figure out a way that I could teach other people how to do what I do. Initially, that was in a distributor and a licensing model. 
that we started nine years ago. And then over time, uh, we morphed into a franchise. In fact, we've only been franchising about 18 months. I hired a coach, a guy by the name of Aaron Walker, about two and a half years ago. And in the course of our conversations each week, he started challenging me on what I was doing, where I was, and some of my thought processes. And before long, he had me looking into you know, what some other options were, how we might be able to grow this, because there was a bunch of schools across the country we weren't in. And he said, man, he said, what you're doing is a good thing. Schools love it. He said, seems to me the only thing keeping you from being in lots more schools is just getting a team together to go out and share with them what you do. And in doing a bunch of research and consulting with my attorney and all that, we realized that many of the states, uh, primarily in the Northeast, the Midwest, and, and out far, far West, there's a lot more restrictions and a lot more regulation around doing business there. And a franchise was the best model for us to adopt so that we could do business successfully and legally in those states. Now, so that's great. So I assume if you've only been doing that for 18 months, there's still franchise opportunities available. Yes, we've got about 76 families that we work with currently. Uh, We've got added about 36 franchise families in the last year. And there's enough territory for several hundred franchisees across the U.S. And we're looking to start in Canada, believe it or not, after the first of the year as well. So we didn't talk about this before, and I certainly have never kind of gone this direction on the, on the show before, but I know a lot of people listen who have full-time jobs and are looking for something that their family can do on the side. How do they find out more about your company? They can go to ssvbusiness.com, and there's a bunch of details there. And I actually wrote a short ebook that I'd love to give away to anybody in your audience who's interested. It's called Live Your Dreams, the Top 10 Reasons Why You Need to Own a Vending Business. And it just gives a bunch of insights, uh, being that I've been in the industry for about 13 years total, some things that most professionals have never thought of. And they can go to SSV, uh, ssvbusiness.com forward slash cool things and download that and, and learn more about general vending, or we can begin to talk about what we do more specifically. No, that's awesome, because I do know, you know a lot of people who will reach out to me and say, you know, I like your show, I like the type of people you interview. I interview a lot of small business owners, a lot of sole openers, but a lot of people are like, I, I, I don't have an idea yet, I don't know what to do. And my answer always is, have you looked into franchising? And yet, I've never done that, so I don't know anything about it. So that's, it's a great answer to have someone at least to, to be able to send them that direction. Yeah, well, and the nice thing about our program is it allows them to start a business on the side that's already proven in a, on a limited time commitment. So, you know, I was full-time in the advertising industry for years before I walked away from that five and a half years ago. And so I needed something that I could do a couple of days a month, kind of tie in with what I'm doing, not impact my pr- primary source of income. And I was able over three and a half years to, to develop a big enough business on the side using some vacation time and then nights and weekends to where I could walk away from the full-time career making significantly more part-time than full-time and, of course, create some options for me and my family. So, Matt, you graduated from the Air Force Academy, and I don't know that we always think of people in the military as being like entrepreneurs, like gung-ho, rah-rah, and 
What led you then from the Air Force Academy to being this guy who is starting and growing this very successful business? And obviously, you have a real passion for for creating your own way in the world. What led you there? I learned once I joined the military that I hated being told what to do. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> so, not a so good I'm gonna, place to so, be. <laughs> so, so that was a really good choice of schools. I'll go to the. I'll go to one of the academies. <laughs> well, it was my free ticket away from home in the Chicago area, and it gave me an opportunity to go to school, have it paid for, in exchange for you know a, a commitment to Uncle Sam. So I didn't have any family or anybody. In, that I knew that had a military background, but man, it was in Colorado at the base of the Rocky mountains. I mean, why not? <laughs> that so, is a beautiful, that is a beautiful location for a campus. Very few schools can, uh, can, can beat that view. Yeah. The West point and the Annapolis guys call it hotel, Cal, uh, hotel Colorado. <laughs> and they raz us air force guys quite a bit. But, um, anyway, so I went there Realized I didn't like being told what to do. The minute my commitment was up, I was ready to do other things and thought that the corporate world was going to be my ticket. And I ended up doing really, really well. But what I found out was the rules were constantly changing in the corporate world and they never changed in my favor. And that stockholders and all that stuff were the priority for major companies. And so I was looking to take control as much as is humanly possible in this life. And I had read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I bought into his concept of passive income. And I had done a few other things on the side. I had collected aluminum cans. I had sold books online for a while. But none of those allowed me to generate income passively. And I had a good buddy of mine in church one Sunday mention gumball machines that he and his young daughters had. And that struck a nerve. And what was cool about it was... I could spend a little bit of money to get started, find a location, and then the machines did all the selling. So I could continue my career without impacting the family finances and put something together part-time you know, on my own time. And slowly but surely, we started building, building up a side income with every location and every additional machine being another brick in a brick wall of income. And after a while that wall got bigger than the brick wall of income I had in my career and it created options for us. And we help others do the exact same thing. I found that there's tons of people that would love to have a business and do it with their kids. There are also tons of people out there that would love to have a business and develop more security, but they don't know where to start. And what's cool about our program is for a pretty small amount of money in the whole scheme of franchising, they can get involved, start something on their own time and put it together at their own pace and over several years put something together that can truly have an impact long term for them and their families. So clearly you love the life of an entrepreneur. What is it, what is it that, that drives you? Why do you love this lifestyle? It's just the control. I mean, I get to get up when I want. You know, I get to do what I want. I didn't have to ask anybody if I could take, you know, four days off to travel to Virginia to visit my daughter. I, I mean, I, I love that. What's funny is I, I heard somebody the other day say, you know, an entrepreneur is somebody that'll work 80 hours a week to avoid having to work 40 a week for somebody else. <laughs> that, that, that could not be more true. But, you know, I office out of the house. My commute is about 20 feet, you know. 
uh, away from my bedroom every day. I get to be there with my wife and, and my youngest daughter. The, the two oldest kids are off in college and just kind of do what we want. I've always wanted to live the life I wanted to live and the way I wanted to live it. Yeah, we live out in the middle of nowhere. I call it E-I-E-I-O, but I get to see the stars at night. So, and, so, uh, so do you have chickens? Uh, chickens, ducks, geese, and on occasion pigs when we want to raise them for, uh, for freezer camp. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's a great line. That is a great line. <laughs> I'm sure some of my listeners will not like that. I thought that was kind of funny. That was a good line. I'm sorry, folks, but that's where you get what you eat. <laughs> hey, so what advice do you have for people who want to do that? They, they want to go raise some pigs and they want to have some chickens or whatever it is that they want for their life. I was telling, I was telling Matt before we started this that I think that's great that he wanted to live in the country. I grew up in Los Angeles and I live in Austin, Texas. I don't want to live in the country and I respect people who do. It's just a different choice. So whatever people want to choose – for their lifestyle, but they want to start their own business, either as a solo opener or maybe they want to start something and grow it like you're doing. What uh, advice do you have? The biggest thing I could tell them, Tom, is this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. The get rich quick stuff that you see online and other places is not real. Get rich quick does not exist. You know, Malcolm Gladwell in his book, uh, Outliers, talks about 10,000 hours to be great at anything. And that doesn't mean that you're going to have to put in 10,000 hours to, to run a successful business that can provide for your family, but you do have to be willing to do that. And so you got to get busy to begin with and, and start to figure things out. I talk to people all the time and they're getting ready to get 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 ready to do something. Okay. Business does not happen thinking about it. It happens by doing and the one thing I think that I've been blessed with in my life that I'm so grateful for is the willingness to go and try things and not be scared to fail. I have screwed up so many times, it's not even funny. But that's how I learn. And as long as one is willing to get back up and continue to move forward after falling down or failing, you will get where you want to go at some point. There's too many people, though, for whatever reason, that, that never are willing to take that first step, realizing that it might not succeed in the way that we originally think. You know, my business is markedly different today than what I ever thought it would be when I started it. But the only way we were able to make those adjustments and pivots along the way was to get out there and start doing and then figure it out as we went. And as the market talked by their actions, then we adjusted to have the business to it that we have today. So you had said earlier that, you know, the business kind of got launched because you happened to have the right conversation with the right person. And while you still may have succeeded doing it, he was able to open the door to your first trial client. So how important is your network and the people you surround yourself with to be able to start a business? Man, it's huge. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the things that my coach Aaron challenged me on was that very fact because I'm, I'm an introvert. I really love kind of doing my own thing, being in my own place, spending time with my family and a few real close friends. And he challenged me a couple of years ago to change that. And 
that has made all the difference in our business and our success is those relationships that have been developed and that we've been able to leverage uh, and in turn help others along the way also. I didn't understand the power of that until he took me to social media marketing world out in San Diego a couple of years ago in the spring. And I didn't really know why I was going except for he hadn't steered me wrong ever and he recommended I go. So I went. Now, I went with the intention of sitting in the sessions the whole time and getting every last bit of knowledge or information I could out of that event. And Aaron was out in the hallway talking to people. And it blew my mind until I finally understood what he was doing. He was networking. He was developing relationships. And I learned so much from watching him at that event. And then have had the opportunity to go to many other events since then and have run into some really, really, really incredible people and had an opportunity to, to get to know them to develop relationships, to work with them in one way, shape, or form. And uh, I was not that guy a couple of years ago just because of my personality. So now that you have, you know, obviously you don't change your personality per se, but now that you've changed your focus to building that network, what have been some of the results that you've seen personally? Well, I'll give you a great example. Uh, are you familiar with Pat Flynn? Oh, of course. I've, I've, I've interviewed him on this show. Okay, yeah. Well, I met Pat Flynn at, at an event a couple of years ago and, you know, reached out to him and asked him if he ever looked for guests. And at the time, he was full up completely with, uh, with guests and, and what have you and kind of let me, let me know that case in a return email. Well, we got to talking back and forth a little bit and we ended up deciding to do lunch. And that lunch led to a friendship and uh, has led to a lot of opportunity for, for us because of that willingness to have a conversation and then that willingness to go to San Diego when I live in Texas in order to meet with him. And uh, I would have never met Pat, would not have the relationship I have with him today if I hadn't been willing to do that. And that's just one example out of hundreds upon hundreds that have occurred in the last couple of years. Sure. No, absolutely. So Matt, I've got a bunch more questions for you before I let you go. But first, I got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Matt. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, check out the exclusive offer they have for the listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Go and visit podfly.net slash cool things. So I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Matt, what is the coolest thing you're doing in your company right now? You know... Once we established a foundation with the number of, with, you know, in this case, thousands of schools today, then I was able to shift some of my focus, Tom, away from just the day-to-day operations of what we do and figure out how we could start doing more to provide for the kids who are our customers in our schools. 
when I was growing up, I was inspired to read by reading comic books and used to spend a lot of my allowance and my lawn mowing and shoveling money in the winter on comic books or sports cards at the time. <laughs> so so fun, and, funny, I had to stop and think for a second because I grew up in Los Angeles. I'm like, what is shoveling money? But then I realized <laughs> that somebody has to move that snow that happens in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. In Texas, you don't have to shovel rain. Yeah, yeah. So I've spent that's my life. one of the reasons why we live, live in the South. <laughs> I've spent my life in California and Texas, so I have to think once in a while about, oh, snow. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. So anyway, I got to this point and I started looking around at the landscape as far as comic books are concerned and graphic novels and realized that most of them have gone more uh, mature themes. They've got a lot edgier topics and are stuff that when my kids were younger, I wouldn't have wanted my kids to be reading. And so my thought was, man, wouldn't it be cool if we started to produce some comics that we could inspire kids in their reading along the way. So I hired a couple of Baylor graduates to uh, put together our first comic book series. It's a couple of characters called Marlin and Percy. They're apes that want to be superheroes. And the series is all principle-based, meaning it's not just about producing a story, but producing a story that has some meaning and uh, that the kids can glean something from that, that has applicability to their life. So those heroes showed up initially as four-panel comics in our sticker machines and since then have become full-length comics. And we are about to launch uh, or make available comic book number seven. Uh, Once again, the whole relationship thing we talked about, I had a conversation with a guy who's deep in the comic book industry who reached out to me because of an interview I did on another show. And we had a... uh, video conference last week and looks like we may end up doing some work together and Marlon and Percy might end up landing on a much bigger stage moving forward. But initially it was just us giving back to the kids, providing more value to them than just a sticker. And ultimately my goal is to help them, uh, you know, have five, 10, $20 worth of value for every 50 cent vend in our machines And, you know, we're at a point where we can continue to do that and be creative with the content that we provide so that these kids are potentially, you know, learning things that are going to change their life for the better and not just getting a sticker out of a sticker machine. That's great. So one of the things I love to ask the guests on this show is who is it out there who you really admire? Because I think that I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. I think they watch what goes on around them and in the world in general. And we get some really cool answers on this show. So not you or your business, but who's someone else out there where you think that person's doing something pretty cool? Well, I got a couple and then I've got one that I've got a direct relationship with. But um, both Elon Musk and Glenn Beck, both uh, I learn a lot from. I I just recently finished Musk's biography and I've been following Glenn Beck ever since uh, the Monday after 9-11 when his show became uh, syndicated nationally. Um, As far as someone that I know personally, I mentioned him already, Aaron Walker. This guy was uh, one of Dave Ramsey's very first advertising clients on the radio 20 years ago. They, he and Dave are longtime friends. Aaron has bought and sold eight businesses over the last 35 years, multi-multi-millionaire along the way. 
And uh, just to get around that guy and the wisdom that he has and the experience that he has, um, it's an honor to have that opportunity. And, you know, I'm forever grateful because of the time he spent with me and what he's been able to teach me about business and life along the way. Um, That's awesome. So the final question I ask everybody is always about what is it that you do to give back to the greater good? Because in addition to being observers, I think that entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. I think they want to make a lasting impact. And we've already heard, heard from you about that along the way here. But what is it that you do to impact the world? I'm actually on the board of directors of a group called Kids Across Cultures. Uh, the website is kidsacrosscultures.org. And we do a lot of work around the world right now, primarily in China and in Mexico. Mexico. We help provide clean water to families who have never had access to clean water in their lives to help uh, alleviate waterborne illness that is prevalent in many of these third world countries and in the process to allow these kids to grow up in an environment where they're not sick all the time so they can get about learning and becoming better people for their communities and for their families. And so I've been working with that group for the last four and a half years or so, have had a chance to travel to China many times during that period of time, working with folks on the ground in some of the remote villages that we work in. And um, we're actually right now in the middle of uh, working towards the biggest goal we have ever had as an organization to raise enough money to put in 10,000 water filters Uh, in the next year, which in turn would impact about 50,000 people. Uh, Those filters cost about $75 a piece when you factor in the cost of the filter, uh, the training that we provide, the transportation, all of that. And for that one investment, for one family, we're able to provide clean water for anywhere between three to six years for them and alleviate the waterborne illness that many of them have lived with all their lives. Wow, that's that's given back. That's good. Congratulations for being involved with that. I really appreciate that. Hey, thanks. I know after having this conversation, there might be somebody who listens who just needs to know more information. They have to find out about you. They have to find out about your company. How, how does someone reach you? The best way to reach me, Tom, is they can reach out at matt, M-A-T-T, at ssvbusiness.com. Or like I mentioned earlier in the show, if they want to download that ebook. And uh, begin a dialogue that way. They can go to ssvbusiness.com forward slash cool things. And we can begin a conversation from there. Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. And thanks for being the type of guy who says, yeah, I might be on a vacation, but I can do a podcast today and jumping on this interview. Uh, We don't live that far apart. Three or four hours. I hope one day that uh, we can have lunch. Maybe I can meet you in Waco and, and we can have some Mexican food. Well, we love to get down to, to Austin. That's even South, better. That's even better. <laughs> there you go. South Congress is one of our favorite places to go and hang out. So well, good. we'll, well have Guero's, to do that real soon. Guero's is my favorite Mexican restaurant in town. So awesome. Right there on South well, we'll Congress. do it. Perfect. Let me know when you're going to be here. And again, thanks for being on the show. And for everybody who listened, thank you for tuning in. I know you got a lot out of this episode with Matt Miller. Hey, tune in in a couple of days. We're going to have another interview with somebody just as cool. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. 
Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.